Hello, dreamers. I'm bringing you a midweek mini episode that's kind of a little backstory about the sheriff that was at the center of the Samantha Runyon case that we discussed in episode 5 of California Dreaming. I needed a little extra time this week to catch up on a project I'm working on, but the next full episode will definitely be ready for you August 6th. So for right now, please enjoy this bonus episode, America's Sheriff. Historically, a sheriff was a legal official that was responsible for a shire or a county. The sheriff is a government official with a variety of duties that exist in several countries with ties to England, where the office of sheriff originated. In modern times, the specific combination of legal, political, and ceremonial duties of a sheriff varies greatly from country to country. Today in the United States, a sheriff is an official in a county who is responsible for keeping the peace and enforcing the law. Unlike most officials in law enforcement, the United States sheriffs are usually elected, although many states, including California, have state laws that require a person to possess certain law enforcement qualifications before being able to run for the office. Elective sheriffs are accountable directly to the Constitution of their state, the Constitution of the United States, statutes, and the citizens of their county. The agency headed by a sheriff is commonly referred to as the sheriff's office, not the sheriff's department, which is a common mistake. According to the National Sheriff's Association, a sheriff's advocacy group, there are approximately 3,081 sheriff's offices in the United States. They range in size from very small, with one or two member forces in sparsely populated rural areas to large full-service law enforcement agencies such as the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, which is the largest sheriff's office and the seventh largest law enforcement agency in the United States, consisting of 16,400 members and 400 reserve deputies. Of the 50 states, 48 have sheriffs. The two exceptions are Alaska, which does not have counties, and Connecticut, which has no county governments. Sheriffs are elected to four-year terms in 42 states, two-year terms in Arkansas and New Hampshire, three-year terms in New Jersey, and six-year terms in Massachusetts. In many rural areas of the United States, particularly in the South, the sheriff has traditionally been viewed as one of any given county's most influential political office holders. Law enforcement officers working for an agency headed by a sheriff are typically titled sheriff's deputies, deputy sheriffs, sheriff's police, or sheriff's officer, and are given these titles when they are deputized by the sheriff, sworn in by the county clerk or county official, and charged with performing all of the duties prescribed to the sheriff by that state's laws. In some states, a sheriff may not necessarily be a sworn peace officer but merely an elected civilian official lacking police powers who oversees the offices and its sworn peace officers. Law enforcement officers working for such offices may be subdivided and can be titled general deputy or special deputy. In some places in the United States, such as in California's San Bernardino, Riverside, Orange, Sierra, 
Tulare and Ventura counties, the sheriff's office also has the responsibility of the coroner's office and is charged with recovering deceased persons within their county and conducting autopsies. The official in charge of these sheriff's departments is usually given the title sheriff coroner, and the officers who perform the functions for these types of departments are typically given the title of deputy sheriff coroner or deputy coroner. The second in command of a sheriff's office is sometimes called an undersheriff or a chief deputy. In some counties, the undersheriff is the warden of the county jail. Most sheriff's offices have law enforcement duties and roles. Although the authority of the sheriff varies from state to state and county to county, a sheriff or their deputies have the power to make arrests or serve before a magistrate or a judge, serve warrants for arrests, or order for arrest, and to give tickets or citations. Some states extend this authority to adjacent counties or to the entire state. Many sheriff's offices also perform other functions such as traffic control, animal enforcement, accident investigations, homicide investigations, narcotics investigations, transportation of prisoners, school resource officers, and courthouse security. Larger departments may perform other criminal investigations or engage in other specialized law enforcement activities. Some large departments have aviation capabilities like fixed-winged aircrafts and helicopters, motorcycle units, mounted details, canine units, or water patrols. Many sheriff's departments enlist the aid of local neighborhoods using a community policing strategy in working to prevent crime. The National Neighborhood Watch Program, sponsored by the National Sheriff's Association, allows civilians and law enforcement officers to cooperate in keeping communities safe. As the trends of a sheriff's law enforcement duties become more extensive and complex, new career opportunities for people with specialized skills are opening up in sheriff's offices around the country. Among the specialties now in demand are underwater diving, piloting, boating, snow skiing, radar technology, communications, computer technology, accounting, emergency medicine, and foreign languages. Sheriffs in the United States generally fall into three broad categories. One is called restrictive service. These deputies provide basic court-related services, such as keeping the county jail, transporting prisoners, providing courthouse security, and other duties with regard to service of process or summonses that are issued by county and state courts. The sheriff also conducts public auction sales of properties and foreclosure in many jurisdictions, and is often also empowered to conduct seizures of personal property to satisfy judgments. In other jurisdictions, these civil process duties are performed by other officers, such as a marshal or a constable, as in the case in the Philadelphia Sheriff's Department in Pennsylvania. The second category of sheriff falls under what's called limited service. Along with the duties listed in restricted service, these deputies perform some type of traditional law enforcement function, such as investigations and patrol. This may be limited to security police duties on county properties, to the performance of these duties in unincorporated areas of the county, and some incorporated areas by contract.
The third category of sheriff falls under what is called full service, which is the most common type of sheriff deputy, which provides all traditional law enforcement functions, including countywide patrol and investigations, irrespective of municipal boundaries. There are two federal equivalents to the sheriff. The first is the United States Marshal Service, an agency of the Department of Justice. There are 94 United States Marshals, one for each federal judicial district. The U.S. Marshal and his or her Deputy Marshals are responsible for the transport of prisoners and security for the United States District Courts, and also issue and enforce certain civil processes. The other is the Marshal of the United States Supreme Court, who performs all court-related duties for the Supreme Court of the United States. In California, a sheriff is an elected official and the chief law enforcement officer in any given county. In each county in California, we often refer to the sheriff as that county's top cop. The sheriff's department in each county polices unincorporated areas, which are areas of the county that do not lie within the jurisdiction of a police department of an incorporated municipality. As such, the sheriff and his or her deputies in rural areas and unincorporated municipalities are equivalent to police officers in the cities. The sheriff's department may also provide policing services to incorporated cities by contracts. Sheriff's departments in California are also responsible for enforcing criminal law on Native American tribal land. As outlined by Public Law 280, enacted in 1953, which transferred the responsibility of criminal law enforcement on tribal land from the federal government to state government in specific states. All peace officers in California are able to exercise their police powers anywhere in the state, on or off duty, regardless of county or municipal boundaries. Thus, California sheriffs and their deputies have full police powers in incorporated and unincorporated municipalities, outside their own counties, and on state freeways and interstates. Before 2000, there was a constable or marshal in most but not all of California's 58 counties. The constable or marshal was responsible for providing bailiffs to the municipal and justice courts for serving criminal and civil processes. During a reorganization of the state judicial system early in the first decade of the 21st century, the roles of constable, marshal, and sheriff were merged so that California sheriffs assumed the duties of most marshals, and the position of constable was eliminated entirely. The marshal's offices continue to exist in three California counties, Shasta, Trinity, and San Benito, where they perform all court security and warrant service functions. The Sheriff's County I want to talk a little bit more about today is California's Orange County Sheriff's Department, the sixth largest law enforcement agency in the country with approximately 2,120 deputy sheriffs. This is the agency that spearheaded the investigation into the kidnapping and murder of Samantha Runyon the subject of the most recent episode of California Dreaming. The Orange County Sheriff's Department's response to the report of Samantha's abduction was unprecedented, as when I spoke to Samantha's mother, Erin, last week, 
She even said she hasn't seen anything like it since. It was an incredible search effort from the start. The sheriff's department spared no resource in looking for Samantha, and once she was found, everything turned towards searching for her killer. It only took four days to find and arrest the suspect in Samantha's case. The sheriff at the time, the county's top cop, was Sheriff Mike Corona. There is quite the interesting backstory when we weave through the years following his rise to national prominence for his no-holds-barred, all-out search for Samantha and her killer. He became a household name. He made the media rounds. He spoke directly to the killer and promised he would bring him to justice. Larry King dubbed Sheriff Corona America's Sheriff. However, as the Samantha Runyon case wove its way through the court system and a killer was eventually tried, convicted, sentenced to death, and put away to be forgotten on California's death row in San Quentin Prison, you would think Sheriff Corona would have gone on to enjoy the rest of his storied career. But it was not to be the case for America's sheriff. Mike Corona was born May 23, 1955 in Santa Monica, California. In 1978, he graduated from Mount San Antonio College with an Associate of Arts degree, and in 1983 he graduated from the University of Redlands with a Bachelor of Arts degree, and went on to earn his Master of Arts degree in Management also from Redlands University in 1986. In 1992, he received another Master of Arts degree in Management from California State Polytechnic University, Pomona. He graduated from the Orange County Sheriff's Department Training Academy in 1976. He was assigned to the County Marshal's Department, where he worked as a deputy for 12 years. And another side note, he's also a member of Mensa. In 1988, at the age of 33, Corona was appointed as Marshal of Orange County. After 10 years as Marshal, Corona was elected by popular vote as the Sheriff of Orange County in 1998. He would go on to run again unopposed during his re-election campaign in 2002 and began his second term in 2003. Samantha's abduction occurred right smack in the middle of 2002 during Corona's second run. In 2003, President George W. Bush appointed Corona to the Federal Emergency Response Senior Advisory Committee on Homeland Security. California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger appointed Corona as Commissioner to the California State Athletic Commission in September of 2004, citing such achievements as his third-degree black belt in Taekwondo. On June 6, 2006, Corona was elected to a third term as Sheriff of Orange County. On October 30, 2007, the Los Angeles Times reported that Corona had been indicted on federal corruption charges, alleging that he used his office for personal financial gain and urged a former associate, former assistant sheriff Donald Heidel, to testify falsely before a grand jury. Federal prosecutors also charged him with instructing an employee in 2005 to lie to investigators about a sexual relationship she had had with him as further evidence of tampering with witnesses. The indictment alleged that Corona received gifts, including a boat, 
boxing tickets, and over $112,000 in cash in illegal, unreported gifts. Were he to have been convicted on all counts, Corona could have received 105 years in prison. In the federal indictment, prosecutors alluded to extramarital affairs, which the media found titillating. Corona's trial was initially set to begin August 26, 2008 in Santa Ana, California. Although his attorneys had asked for the trial to be delayed an additional two months, the trial was delayed to October 28th because the judge said the case was so unusual and complex. Corona pleaded not guilty to all charges and claimed he would be vindicated at the trial. The trial relied prominently on the testimony of Donald Heidel, a former partner of Corona. He said that Corona's political team developed the, quote, friends list, unquote, through which Corona authorized reserve deputy badges in exchange for $1,000 campaign donations. The trial also had evidence of Corona saying of Orange County District Attorney Tony Rakakis that he just wants to take him, meaning Corona, out and that he thinks he's weak. The Los Angeles Times reported that more than 12,000 pages of witness statements had been turned over by the government and over 100 witnesses may be called by the prosecution. On January 14, 2008, Corona announced his resignation from the Sheriff's Post so he could better concentrate on his defense. Corona was replaced on an interim basis by Assistant Sheriff Jack Anderson and then replaced permanently by retired Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department Division Chief Sandra Hutchins as Orange County's 12th Sheriff. On January 16, 2009, a federal jury convicted Corona on a single count of witness tampering and acquitted him of charges of mail fraud, conspiracy, and another count of witness tampering. He could have faced up to 20 years in prison. On April 27, 2009, Corona was sentenced to 66 months in prison. On January 25, 2011, Corona turned himself in to serve his sentence at the Federal Correctional Institution in Inglewood, Colorado, where he would serve five years and six months. His projected release date was November 8, 2015. However, the Orange County Register reported that Corona was released on May 14, 2015 to finish out the remainder of his sentence under home confinement. I'm usually not particularly moved by these types of falls from grace. It happens all around us, and I suppose I kind of just shrug and move on. There's Bill Cosby, Oscar Pistorius, Aaron Hernandez, Tiger Woods, Joe Paterno, Phil Spector, John Edwards, Mel Gibson, Gary Coleman, Lindsay Lohan, Paula Dean, Hugh Grant, Chris Brown, Amanda Bynes, Michael Vick, Lance Armstrong. Those are some of the most notable actors, actresses, athletes, politicians, television personalities. Nobody's immune from tumbling down hard after reaching a pinnacle in their respective careers. But when it comes to Orange County's former top lawmen, the man Larry King once called America's sheriff for his unyielding pursuit of a child killer. 
The man who came into our televisions for four straight days promising he would catch this murderer. And he did. He kept his word. He got that man off the streets forever. He was a hero. He'd go on later that year to win the re-election uncontested. His fall from power was a steep one, one that deeply shook Orange County. The revelations of the charges against Corona were profoundly disappointing for the residents of Southern California. How do you go from being America's sheriff to being the most corrupt guy in Orange County? Apparently, once Corona was elected sheriff, he started changing rules, coaxing lawmakers to let him appoint whoever he wanted as assistant sheriffs. One was Don Heidel, a wealthy owner of an auto auction business who Corona put in charge of reserve deputies. Heidel ended up telling federal agents that anyone who contributed $1,000 to Corona's election campaign would get a badge and a weapon permit. Subsequently, one of these supposed reservists was convicted of waving his gun at a group of golfers that he thought were playing too slowly. Another one of Corona's bot reservists pulled his badge in a dispute over a parking space. Heidel resigned in 2004, just before his own teenage son was convicted in a videotaped rape of an unconscious 16-year-old girl in his Newport Beach home. But Heidel chose to remain close to Corona, who federal prosecutors began investigating the same year. The federal case involves a paper trail that prosecutors show Corona had arranged for kickbacks for sending clients to a law firm that included several friends, as well as his mistress, Deborah Hoffman. The indictment against Corona lists gifts to the accused conspirators from Orange County business owners included Cartier watches, Montblanc pens, a $2,500 custom suit, and trips to Las Vegas, Lake Tahoe, and Cabo San Lucas. Corona's defense team attempted to have the case thrown out by accusing federal prosecutors of trying to impose an ambiguous federal code of ethics on local elected officials through a vague honest services fraud statute. The motion to dismiss was denied. His defense team also had a tremendous amount of work trying to downplay some of the unsavory things Corona's caught saying in some taped recordings the federal prosecutors had entered as exhibits. On these tapes, Corona can be heard talking about being photographed with, quote, some whore from Russia, unquote, on his lap beside a strip bar owner with reputedly ties to the mob. Prosecutors also have a tape from an answering machine that was apparently an inadvertent butt dial while the sheriff was having sex with a female deputy in a county vehicle. Court papers show that this deputy had turned state's witness, sharing intimate information about her trysts with the sheriff, including some of his physical characteristics, the kinds of sex he preferred, examples of sexual talk, and a nickname he used for his private parts, one which he used to sign birthday cards, quote, the little sheriff, unquote, images of which had been published in OC Weekly a publication which had been suspicious of Corona early on. As Mike Corona's ordeal in federal prison was coming to an end, another prominent California sheriff found himself entangled in some corruption charges of his own. Former Los Angeles County Sheriff Lee Baca 
was convicted earlier this year for obstructing a federal investigation into inmate abuse at the Los Angeles County jails. He was sentenced in May to three years in federal prison and was initially scheduled to surrender today, actually, the day I write this, July 5th, 2017. But the latest news indicates that Baca has been allowed to remain out of prison pending his appeals. He's 74 years old and is entering the early stages of Alzheimer. The story of Lee Baca could be a mini episode of its own. As this case against former Sheriff Mike Corona began to unfold, I couldn't help but be a little put off by the whole thing. This was the man only a couple years back we lauded as a champion in the search and capture of the person who abducted and killed Samantha. But when you look a little closer at the way her killer was taken down, it truly was a collaborative effort. It was all the officers out there pounding the pavement, the helicopter pilots, the canine handlers, the FBI, Sarah Ahn, Samantha's mom, and most importantly, the citizens of Southern California, those who kept their eyes peeled for four days while this predator was on the loose. Everyone deserves credit for that, not just Mike Corona. He was just the one who had the most to gain that year, an uncontested re-election. He just happened to be the one who had the most to lose as well. Thank you so much for joining me for this mini episode, America's Sheriff. Do you guys live in a county where your sheriff's been convicted of behaviors unbecoming of the position? Feel free to post any interesting articles in the Facebook group. You can also follow me on Twitter at CaliforniaPod and on Instagram at CaliforniaDreamingPod. As a reminder, California Dreaming has also created a Patreon and all proceeds for the remainder of July and August will be donated to Aaron Runyon's foundation, The Joyful Child. I also wanted to remind you about the campaign I'm taking part in called Two Pods a Day. It aims to introduce podcast listeners to two independent podcasts every day for the month of August. We hope to give visibility to some of the great indie podcasts that you've probably never heard of. Two Pods a Day encourages you to listen more, listen indie. Thank you all for listening, and until August 6th, sweet dreams.